Welcome to today's episode of Building Builders, a podcast made for contractors. In this episode, we are joined by Matt Pinella, also known as Matt Bangs Wood on social media, to talk about his passion for educating young people about the trades, why he's translating his content into Spanish, and the overall life of a framer. Hey, uh, Matt, it's uh, it's great to finally meet you. I've been looking forward to uh, to our chat. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad to be here. It's been a work in progress. Um, scheduling's been ridiculous. I know we've tried to schedule this like two to three times now, so I'm glad to finally be here. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, Matt. That's definitely my fault. Uh, um, yeah, I, I like to say no excuses. I've been super busy, but I appreciate you you finding the time eventually to get, get together here. Uh, uh, it, it'll be a good one. We got a lot of good topics. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, uh, you know, Matt, maybe, uh, just to get started here, um, you know, I think your, your family has been involved in, in construction and, uh, um, you're, you're in, in, uh, carpentry. Can, can you just kind of give us a little bit of background before we jump in? Absolutely. So my, my grandfather, he's a Mason by trade. He got started in the seventies, um, went into home building framing, He's built turnkey homes for decades. Um, my dad got into it, specialized in framing and concrete. And then I stepped into it at 16 years old. Um, but yeah, it's been in the family. I've kind of grown up around it, been on job sites. Um, didn't really work until I was in my teens. Kind of just played in dirt and moved stuff around. But yeah, it, it's been going for a while. So we specialize in framing concrete and siding out in Southern Central California, some would call it. Um, we, we stick to high-end custom residential, and on the side of that, we kind of document things and upload it on YouTube to hopefully spread awareness to the trades and help people out. Very cool. Yeah, I can't wait to learn uh, learn more about the documentation and sharing. Um, uh, you know, maybe right before we get to that, um, <clears throat> any uh, favorite pieces of equipment from, uh, you know, your, your childhood uh, through, or, or even now? You know, it it probably have to be now. Um, my my grandfather tells me all the time that we're weak and useless for using them. But um, have you seen the big forklifts, big reach lifts, eight k, ten k's? Yeah, we, we use them for just about everything. We've had a couple of them, and it saves our body. Our backs aren't torn. I mean, my stomach's torn right now, which is funny. I say that, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it helps us out quite a bit. It replaces an employer too, and it shows up on time every day and doesn't have any problems. So by, by far a reach lift because it's, it's changed the way we work. Those are so cool. Uh, so I've been, uh, I was a contractor for, uh, you know, many years and have come over to Dozer here, uh, over the last eight years. Um, the, these, uh, telehandlers have become, you know, very popular, hard to rent, hard to buy. Um, if, if I could go back, I would have had a fleet of telehandlers for yeah. my landscape company. You know, we used to lay, um, uh, this sounds so crazy, but we used to buy plywood and lay it down across the grass and then drive skid steers across it so that we'd protect really? the grass and not have to, you know, replace it. Uh, with the price of plywood, I mean, compared to sod now, that, that is kind of crazy. But uh, yeah. I would totally have bought telehandlers and reached out over the front lawns <laughs> and, well, you know, and just built, right? The, the biggest reason for us is, I mean, it's, it's hard to find employees. We're having a tough time getting younger people in the industry. Um, so when it came down to it, if I'm standing a 50 foot long wall that's sheeted and good to go, I mean, you can't do that with three guys. You, you could do it with maybe six or seven, but with three, you're not going to make it happen. If we have that reach lift there, we're able to take care of it and we can get everything up safely. 
Right. And uh, safety too, right? I mean, I'm sure it's a, um, a heck of a lot safer or at least easier to be safe with a, with a piece of equipment like that. Oh, it definitely is. You see those videos on social where it's like they're, they're standing a huge wall and it's 16 feet tall. They get right into that pivot point and it just crushes them. It's like you don't right. want that to happen to anybody working. Yeah, exactly. So what uh, what is your your passion? I mean, it sounds like you're um, you know touching anything from masonry to framing. Uh, wh- which part do you like the most? So the way that I got into it, we we didn't touch on it too much, but the way that I got into this industry wasn't exactly um, it was a positive way, but it wasn't like the way that I had planned. Um, my wife and I ended up pregnant very early in high school. Um, she was 15, I was 16 and I kind of had to get to work or, I mean, somebody else was going to be paying for my baby and that, that really wasn't possible. So I ended up dropping out of high school and I didn't find my passion for it until like 18, 19. Um, but it, it clicked. I left construction to go to a retail position because I thought, Hey, maybe management's where I want to be. Maybe I want to work in a store. So I got a job managing an AutoZone parts store and I absolutely hated it. It was like the worst thing that I could have ever done. Um, it was a good experience though. I got to work with a lot of people, but I mean, it, it wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, so I worked there for a while. I was hiring people that were getting paid more than me. And I just, I thought I can't be here anymore. So I ended up taking off going back to the trades and that was, I was probably 19 years old. And I thought, you know what, this is a a killer career path. And that was when I started honing in on my skills, realizing if I learned this stuff, I could run crews, I could run projects and make a heck of a lot of money. And I'm happy what I'm doing. Right. That's, uh, that's awesome. I love, uh, um, I love the decision to come to the the trades. I'm, I'm sure you're pretty happy about, uh, uh, you know, making that decision to come back. Um, so uh, on that, uh, it, it, on the, the original question about masonry versus uh, um, carpentry, is it, uh, wh- oh, where do you like to spend your time? Framing a hundred percent. I can't stand concrete. It's been, my grandfather was a mason. <laughs> my dad did, more foundations than I can count. I hate it. It's backbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a killer. Um, and I mean, as we get further into the trades, I think a lot of people are realizing that specializing is where they need to be. Um, we're, we're seeing a lot more of just honing in on one thing, concrete framing, siding, whatever it may be, and less of what we saw back in the 70s, 80s, where a carpenter would go from foundation to finish. So I'm okay with just sticking to framing and siding. That that's good for me. Um, I personally enjoy seeing the framing go up. I think that it's one of the most rewarding. You're getting to watch a structure go from just a foundation to a full blown house, and that's often when the clients get to see like everything they've worked for finally come into life. Right. And so how I, long? So go ahead. That? Go ahead. If if I had to stick with one thing, that that's exactly what it, if I would frame all day long. Awesome. To, how long does it take to frame a house? Oh, it depends. Um, I've got a, a small little 600 square footer that'll probably take, I don't know, 18 hours in total to frame the whole thing. <laughs> and then, I mean, if, if you're on a bigger home, um, it, it depends on the complexity. You could get a thousand square foot, 1200 square foot home framed with a couple guys in two to three days. Yeah. I, <clears throat> so I, I've kind of grown up in the landscaping field and, you know, uh, 
we in my one of my first jobs we spent a lot of time building the parks in these subdivisions and watching the houses be built yeah just so fascinating to watch a house you know there's time spent on the foundation and then all of a sudden three days later the house stood up it's yeah. like, you know it's just incredible um, it's a good so, feeling as well and that's clients often trip out because they they see the dirt work the utilities the foundation all this taking a lot of time and then the structure just goes up quick and then i like to think of it as like we are the core of everything i mean the foundation is important as well don't get me wrong but we are what allows the electrician the hvac guys the the plumbers everybody to come in right after us so we we play an important role um and matt i really want to get into the the education side um i know you're uh uh, pretty passionate about the education side of the construction industry, and you've you've started a, a not not for profit called Support the Youth. Um, can you tell me more about that? Yeah, um, it's been years in the making. Unfortunately, I started it at a time where everything was uncertain. COVID hit, and it right. kind of it, it shut us down, which was really unfortunate. Um, our goal with Support the Youth is pretty simple. We we want to bring awareness to the skilled trades. Um, like I said, I was 15, 16 years old, had a, a brand new baby on the way, and I needed a way to support my family. And I did it the same way that the last three generations have in my family. Um, so we we want to be able to influence kids in a positive way. We're not out there saying that kids should drop out, but we want to give them something to look forward to. And right now we're missing that in the whole industry. There's not a whole lot of people that are out there advocating for the skilled trades. Um, at a high school mm-hmm. level, oftentimes guidance counselors and other educators are saying, hey, college path, that's the way you need to go. Um, I was told the same exact thing. So our goal at Support the Youth is to do a few things. We want to raise funding for each classroom that we work with. Um, on average, classes get around $1,500 per year, and that equates to about one two-by-four per student. How can you teach anything with a single two-by-four budget? You, you just can't. And then on top of that, with the YouTube side of things of what we've done, we've built a network of awesome people that do just about every trade. So we bring in the younger generation of skilled tradespeople to show these students, hey, you're 16 right now. I'm 26, for example. We're not that far apart in age, and I've done incredible things over the years. I've built an amazing career path. So we try to give them something relatable. Um, So between raising their funding, traveling to schools, and talking with students one-on-one, um, we also sponsor classes depending on what it is. And then we work closely with other, um, not-for-profits that do like scholarships and stuff as well. Um, so a bunch of questions here. How, how do you, uh, do the fundraising, uh, for this? So I don't have a solid list of connections like most nonprofits do. Most nonprofits have like a whole team behind them. I literally have the connections that I have from YouTube. So I've worked with a lot of big corporations. I've worked with Home Depot, um, with House Pro, with a lot of these multi-billion dollar companies. So they're the first ones I go to. And then on top of that, we get fundraising through private companies as well. So right now we're working with a company called Company Cam. They have like this app that allows you to document your job sites. They're sponsoring 34 students for us down south to stay overnight for an event. So basically just the connections that I've made over the years transfer over to the nonprofit and allow me to fund these projects and fund the students. Wow. That's so cool. Um, that's yeah. Amazing. Thanks for doing that. Um, the, and, and so you're creating a whole lot of content and, 
Uh, I also have a note here that it's being used in high school curriculums now. It has been, yeah. So we we started in 2019, late 2018, early 2019. And the goal with it was never to have it spread to where it is today. Um, I actually started all of that because my grandfather was supposed to build a house with us. And I've told this story a million times if anyone's heard it, but I've I was supposed to build a house with my dad and my grandfather. And it was like the last house that we'd build. Um, he's retired now, but he's a stubborn old man. He, he definitely is. Um, I went out and bought a camera. I was 21 years old. I, I told myself, I'm going to film all this. So 30 years from now, I can show my kids, my grandkids, whatever it may be. This is what we did for a living. Everything will be changed then. And he never showed up. So I just recorded it anyways and built it with my dad, who I've worked with for years now. Um, I thought, well, I've I've built plenty of homes with him. I've documented plenty of homes as well. Um, I might as well put it out on YouTube, see what it does. So we started with that and it just, it took off. So we started the educational series and it was about a year later, I started working with high schools. That was when the whole vision for Support the Youth came about. And then 2021, we started getting messages. Hey, like I'm, I'm seeing you in my classroom, like they're in high school. And then went up to like the, the trade school level. Now we're in colleges for construction management. So it kind of spread. Wow. It was never in like, I never wanted to do this, but it helps out a lot of people and you might as well keep it rolling. That's so interesting. Um, what, did the, uh, did the school system find you or did you reach out to the school system? So I've had a few people that have reached out and said like, Hey, you know, I, I really want to implement this as, um, just a, a basic assignment where people are watching something and what are three key takeaways from this video. And then I've had others that I've, I've never, I've only been asked a few times um, and I've never contacted anybody saying like, here's what we've got. Um, I try to just lay low and if they want to use it, they could use it. Um, but we, we had an incident that I, I think we're going to get into a little bit later um, with the college system and they're using it for construction management, which I think is awesome. So We've spread like wildfire. And I think the biggest part is, is there's a lot of construction content out there already. But me being in my early 20s, kids can relate a lot more. They're seeing somebody that looks like themselves. They're seeing somebody young. They know that it's possible. So I think it helps in the learning process. Wow, that's cool. Um, what uh, Do you have one initiative that you're uh, most proud of? Well, there, there's a handful. Um like I said, my, my family's been building for years, but my dad built the dorm rooms um, for a, a college here called Cal Poly. And it's like, if you want to get into a college on the Central Coast, that's the college you want to get into. It's like the most prestigious in this little area. Um, and back in 2021, I got a message from a kid that was taking construction management there. And it was a photo of our video content being used in front of tons of kids at this college. And they were they had implemented it directly into their curriculum to learn about construction management, the, the ways of a job site and things like that. So um, it had happened quite a few times before that, um, getting sent photos of it being used in a classroom setting, but this one was pretty close yeah. to home. So, I mean, I, I drive past that college every day. So to know that my dad built the dorm rooms there 15 odd years later, our contents implemented there to teach kids was pretty awesome, especially after dropping out. Cause I've, I've always thought of myself as like, man, you, you really screwed up there. So this podcast is sponsored by Dozer, an online marketplace for heavy equipment rentals across North America. 
Partnering with thousands of rental houses, Dozer provides contractors with access to local suppliers, transparent pricing, mobile ordering, and an industry-leading payment option of 0% interest for 60 days. Go to dozer.com to find your next heavy equipment rental. That's dozer.com. When it comes to uh, uh, youth um, and education and, you know, getting into the construction industry, um, what, what do you think is the best way to get them uh, interested and inspired, uh, you know, to um, move forward and um, get an education in construction? Well, there's, there's a few things. We worked with some students down south, San Diego area, and this is a story that I use when I talk to most of these kids. Three years out of high school, this kid sends me a, a picture of his W-2, and he, he cleared $115,000 at 21, 21 years old, like straight out of high school, no college education. He went to the union. He clocked a lot of overtime. He worked very hard, but I mean, 115 at that age, like most people would take it. Um, you have to be real though. There's, I think a lot of career fairs and a lot of these events where they're showing like the glamorous side of the industry and this work's not easy. Um, so I, I try to be real with these kids and tell them like, you know what, the money's good. It can be very rewarding if you're with the right company, but you're going to work for it. So I, I think the real approach um, works pretty well. They can either right. take it or leave it. You, what I don't want is kids getting into this industry thinking, okay, I, I'm going to work just a little bit and make a lot because you will, you're going to use your body. You're going to get worked yeah. and you have to be ready for it. So I think being open about that can help out quite a bit. I love that. That's uh, uh, kind of an interesting take because, you know, there's uh, there's no question. It's very hard work. It's very rewarding. You know, frankly, you know, I've got to say part of the reason that it's so rewarding is the work is hard, right? You know, if the, you you stand up a house in three days, uh, that doesn't just happen. It's not like you said, hey, this is how to do it and it happens. There's a lot of hard work that goes into that, but that's where that sense of accomplishment comes from at the end of the day. You know, the money is kind of a byproduct. The 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 work itself is, you know, what you should be proud of and no, that, kind that, of in my opinion. Right? That's what you're saying. You you did landscaping as well. It's the same exact way. You see everything that you've put together in this beautiful format and it all works. That's the same way with building houses. Like we show up with a pile of sticks and we leave and it's somebody's dream. Like right. I've, I've had multiple instances where we have younger kids working for us and we get done with the first house that they've ever done and they're standing there, they're taking pictures of it. And that, that's always awesome for me because they're proud of what they're doing. If they're taking pictures of work that they're doing, they're, they're happy, yeah. they're accomplished, they feel something. And I've had multiple tell me like, Matt, this is, this is awesome. Like we built that. I'm like, yeah, right. we, we did build that. <laughs> You know, the, uh, uh, from the, the landscaping perspective, um, when you get that feeling, so two quick stories, um, you know, when you, the day you lay the sod, <laughs> the sprinklers come on, all of a sudden the whole neighborhood, uh, comes out and they're all walking around, <laughs> you know, they're not on the grass cause the sprinklers are on them, but everyone was like hiding inside and all of a sudden they're all outside. Everyone's happy. It's the coolest experience. Um, the other thing that I, I've seen in the past too, when you build something, you know, really special, we, we did a project uh, um, called the Ancaster Mill in uh, Ancaster, Ontario. But when you show up at these projects and people are getting their pictures taken in front of it, like their wedding pictures, like there's no greater compliments, right? Like, yeah. sure, you know, there there was money to be made, but that uh, 
being able to see people want to stand in front of your work is like the coolest feeling. No, you're, you're making an impact. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, we, so, have, we had an instance like that not too long ago. Um, it was one of the earlier projects that I was on too. Uh, we, we built a, a winery expansion. We're in like wine country out here. So people just throw millions at wineries and hope that people visit them. Um, crazy, crazy market there. But we <laughs> built a, a gazebo, like a big old cut and stack, like hand cut rafters. Everything was exposed. So we had hidden fasteners everywhere. You couldn't yep. see a single nail or screw on this thing. And it was beautiful. And I didn't know what they were using it for. It was kind of in this little outdoor area. But they ended up hosting weddings there. And that was where they did the ceremony at. So like right. seeing it on seeing it on social media, I'm like, this is really cool. Like that looks like I could have cut a rafter wrong and it could have looked like crap, but it was right. beautiful and it, it looked really nice. And same feeling, man, seeing it posted up and people are proud to be there. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's really cool. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I, I guess the other thing I was thinking is not only are those people taking some of the most important pictures of their lives. They're also spending a fortune to be able to oh, stand absolutely. in there <laughs> and, and the ability to take those pictures. So that's also kind of uh, yeah. uh, rewarding. Um, so this, this content that you're, you know, creating and documenting, um, it looks like you're translating a lot of it into uh, Spanish. Can you tell us more about that? Uh, um, you know, why you're doing that? I had an incident where, I went to, oh, over the years, it's sort of gotten bigger and bigger, and it's kind of gotten a little scary at sometimes. But I went to my oldest daughter's school event. We're cruising around, just having a good old time. And one of the kids' dads approaches me, and he's all, Matt, like, I've, I've been stopped in public quite a bit. And I'm like, hey, what's up? And English was not his first language. Spanish was. So I'm sitting there talking to him, and I could understand him. I've, I've worked with many people that speak Spanish. Um, so I'm sitting there talking to him and he's explaining that he watches everything and he's bringing up videos from three years ago where he's just going off about something that we did. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And it was awesome. Like this whole interaction was so genuine. And he told me, he's all, I, I have some trouble, um, like translating, trying to, trying to figure out what you're explaining and how you're doing it. And it, it kind of clicked and it sucked because at the same time, I don't speak Spanish. And for me to, learn Spanish good enough to feel confident recreating these videos would take, I don't know, it'd probably take years. I know a few different things, but not enough to do it. So I started talking with some people and seeing what we could do about switching everything and dubbing it all in Spanish. That way we could put it out there because it almost felt like we were gatekeeping a little bit, having it all in English. And the, the closed captions don't work well enough to translate. They mishear words and they, they just, they don't work. So I started talking with some people. We set up the YouTube channel so everything's in Spanish. And we're currently, I mean, its it takes a hell of a lot of time and it's not cheap. But we're in the process of translating 200 videos. We, we have more than 200 now. All into Spanish and putting them all back up again. Um, and I, I hope that we start dropping in May. Um, it takes a lot. So we're working towards it. But we did the first one. I had a few people proof watch it and kind of tell me like, because I, I don't know what is being said in full. So it's hard to do. But the goal is to be able to provide that. Um, we have we have a lot of Spanish-speaking people in the industry. And I feel like there's not a whole lot as far as content out there for them to watch. And it's not, everybody doesn't have to speak three different languages. So the goal is to cater to them and make it happen. 
Do you think this is going to help us uh, with uh, um, the labor crisis that we're in right now? I don't know so much about fixing that. Um, if anything, it's going to benefit the industry and kind of, I don't know, rising tide lifts all ships. That's kind of my goal with all of it is if I can help people, I'm going to. So it, it might not fix everything. Um, for the most part, Hispanics are some of the hardest working people that I've ever worked with. They 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 are very hardworking people. So if anything, what it's going to do is it's going to help them learn a bit um, the same way that it does for anybody watching the English side of things that we do. They can learn a, a trick here about how to cut a bevel bigger than 54 degrees or how to cut a roof this way. Um, so if anything, it's just going to lift everybody up in the industry. I love that. Do you have any um, uh, <clears throat> favorite pieces or most most popular pieces of uh, of content? Um, I'm curious what what people are most interested in. The educational side. So I do a couple different things. We do a build series where I document a project from start to finish, and it's cool. It's great. But the ones that hit home the most are the educational, like where we just deep dive into a topic such as reading plans or framing a wall framing a window, framing a door, because it's one of those things that if people watch my day-to-day, like the, the build series, they can they can learn a few things. But when they watch these videos, I have comments from people that are just over the moon. They're telling me, Matt, like I've never framed anything before and I just built my first wall. Or, hey, I've never looked at plans before. Nobody, like a lot of people gatekeep, so they don't let people look at plans. It's typically the lead and like the journeyman. So I've got kids that are messaging me telling me, Matt, I've I've watched all your plan reading videos and I understand it a little bit. Like I'm showing these guys that I'm working for and they're proud of me. Like I'm getting raises and it's benefiting them. So I think the educational side is biggest for me. That's interesting. Do, uh, so th- you're in the school system. They're, they're starting to use the videos. You will have, you know, organic, uh, sort of outreach. People are, you know, learning about it and watching, um, do you ever have uh, contractors, have you heard of contractors using it uh, for their own training purposes? I have. Um, it's something that we're looking towards doing a little bit more as well. But we've had people, um, I was just at the International Builder Show in Las Vegas and I had a guy, he stopped me and he's like, Matt, I love what you're doing, man. He's all, you're young, you're eager, you know what you're doing. He's like, I send anything that you put out that I find valuable straight to our employees. We pay them to watch it. They watch it. They learn something from it. Because if you can get, I've said it for years, that if people go home and learn in their own time, they're going to strive at whatever it is they're doing. And that, that's what I did growing up. I would learn on the job site, but it didn't stop there. I wanted to know more. So I've got books sitting next to me here. I was always trying to elevate myself. And that's what these people are doing as well. Their contractors are sending it to employees saying, hey, watch this, because there is a bunch of educational pieces put in these that they can take away from. So I would like to see it on a bigger scale and kind of a better formatted. So it was more or less like a step-by-step series of entry level all the way up to, Hey, you know what you're doing. Um, so that's something that we plan on working on this year. Interesting. I think you have like a few hundred thousand followers on YouTube, um, or subscribers. Yeah. We're just about to hit, I think it's three. Wow. How, how do you maintain that? Um, I'm specifically asking, do you get people reaching out to you all the time, asking you questions? Uh, I can only imagine with 300,000 people watching your videos, there's gotta be 
an influx of you know questions, direct messages? Well, there's been there's been a lot of different things that people reach out for. Sometimes they reach out to you to tell you that you suck at what you're doing and that you're the worst person <laughs> in the world. Um, and then you have other people yeah. that reach out asking questions. Um, we've done a lot of like mentoring and coaching. So I have people reach out that say that they want to get started in the trades, but don't know how. Um, I try my best to be as helpful as possible because that's what we got into it for. And early yeah. on, when there was only 500 people watching, if one of them reached out, I would do anything possible to help them. So yeah. now that we're at 300,000, it's I, I want to do the same thing, but unfortunately it comes in bulk now. So it's 10 people right. asking me if I can monitor their home build to where it goes smooth. And it's it's not exactly possible, but I try my best still to this day to help out as many as I can. Um, the direct messages, the emails. Um, I accidentally had my phone number put somewhere um, on a huge on a huge brand deal, and that didn't go very well. So there, nothing is safe anymore. Email, direct messages, phone—it all kind of just blows up. Right. Yeah. A lot, it sounds like some learning experiences there. Do you have a team that uh, is? Is it, are you doing this yourself? Or yeah, I have everything wow. done myself. So. That was one thing I said in the beginning was that I didn't come into this for money. So I don't have, I, I take brand deals. I do. Um, that helps fund a lot of the things that we do, but I don't have a marketing team behind me. I don't have a marketing manager. I don't have anybody. I, I, I just hired this kid. I love him to death. He's my videographer. And the only reason that I brought mm -hmm. him on was to be able to capture because I was at a point where I was stuck. I needed to be mm -hmm. away from the camera and let him do what he needed to do. Um, that's the only hire that I've got. My wife, my wife helps me with a lot of like the management as far as um, the numbers go behind the scenes. But no, for the most part, um, I keep everything organic. I don't want somebody that's out there forcing deals and, hey, Matt, we can get you a couple grand to promote this. That's not what we're after. Right. Yeah, love it. Uh, love the mission there. Um, is there anything... Uh, you know, that uh, anything happening in the construction industry, specifically in framing, uh, that's kind of new and changing, anything innovative that uh, you're kind of keeping your eye on? We're always seeing different things pop up. And I think one of the biggest things right now, and it's something that we're using a lot, is um, artificial intelligence, AI. It, it's stepping into the scene pretty good, um, more or less on the management side of things. As far as products go, um, I'm in California, and as much as people like to say California is on top of it, California is about 10 years behind any state that gets heavy rain, heavy snow, things like that when it comes to building science and being able to waterproof a house correctly. California, there's more houses that leak here than anywhere else because we simply don't get rain. So um, products like rain screen before you put up siding, uh, Huberwood has the zip system sheathing that you tape the seams on. Um, that's just getting going out here. Um, so little things like that, that improve the buildings that we're putting up and allow us to build better. Yeah. Very cool. I know there's a lot of, uh, uh, cool products out there. There's one, uh, uh, locally just down the road from us called, uh, trust core. Um, okay. they're, they're replacing drywall, lots of really, really cool stuff, uh, uh, happening in the industry right now. Um, I, so is, I think you've built some videos on reading plans, um, architectural plans we have any, quite a few uh, kinda, do you yes so uh any quick uh quick hacks uh you know for for our listeners things that uh um 
you know, kind of everyone is surprised and wants to learn about? You know, the the biggest thing when it comes to reading plans is taking it step by step. Um, oftentimes people look at it and see all these different circles with different pages and, and details referenced and they just feel lost. But if you take yeah. it like a Lego set and start breaking down individual pieces and reading, it's it's all laid out there for you. There is no questioning anything. So read everything that you can the legend at the top that tells you what the different walls yep. represent a two by four wall existing new two by six wall everything is laid out there um the coolest part is is watching it click with people we start with um your structural shear walls which is very important in building and what the nail pattern is on those whether it's a two and twelve three and twelve four and twelve six and that's probably the first thing we go to and then we start teaching about grid lines. Um, most people don't understand what a grid line is. Similar to playing Battleship, how you've got A7 and you can sink somebody's ship, you have ABC across the top of a set of plans and you have one, two, three down the side. And when you call in to talk with an architect or an engineer, and instead of saying, hey, on the corner of this building, which corner? What, what corner are you talking about? You have grid lines that run all the way through the plans. So you could reference A1 or a nine and tell somebody exactly what point you're referencing. Um, <clears throat> thinking back to uh, the, uh, when we were talking about tech and construction, um, kind of random question here. Have you ever seen uh, augmented reality? Uh, oh, I have. I've, I've used it a couple of times. Yes. Yeah. So isn't I, that interesting? Oh, it's, it's <clears throat> insane. I used it for the first time like early last year. Um, I work with a company called House Pro and they, they have augmented reality. So you lay out the building on their program in two-dimensional format and then you yeah. add all your windows, your doors, and you can go to the job site. And I, I did it. It was absolutely insane. I'll send you it too. Um, you go to the job site and you can do AR and put the building where it goes and lock it. So then you can right. walk through it and see it. Like, I think if you have goggles, you can do it even more in depth and like actually visualize it. I was just doing it yeah. on my phone, but... That's something um, I work closely with an interior designer and she's doing the same thing right now. It's bringing oh, that cool. to job sites and showing what are your cabinets going to look like? Are you okay with this being here right. or that being there? So that, that's what I'm excited about. It's bringing like the video game world into new construction building. <laughs> when I, uh, when I started in this, I went to school for landscape architecture uh, and we were still doing hand drawings. Um, okay. I guess I'm kind of aging myself a little bit, uh, <laughs> but you know, that it was AutoCAD, uh, you know, in, in year two, three, and uh, you know, we, we were using SketchUp and different programs to uh, do 3d renderings. But like to think that we're now looking at AR, I mean, what a tool that I'm, I'm very excited to see where that uh, technology goes. It's all progressed so <clears> fast <throat> as well. Like I, I have a hard time with some of it, and I'm a pretty tech savvy person, but even I feel like I'm getting left behind sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, all the, all the more reason for, uh, you know, educational videos. Uh, Absolutely. Keep everyone up to date, right? How you can use it um, and why you should. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Matt, it's been awesome chatting with you here. Uh, you here. How, how can our listeners uh, uh, get in touch and where can they find you? Well, as far as support the youth goes, you can contact me directly. Uh, email is matt at supportthe um, You can find me on all social platforms at Matt Bangswood. And that's, that's pretty much it. Anywhere they need to find me, they'll be able to. 
Awesome. Yeah. Again, this has been really great chatting and learning more and, you know, quite frankly, congratulations on all the, uh, all the success. Uh, you, you're really working on something, uh, uh, very, uh, uh, inspiring. Um, so great to get to know you. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be here. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. We hope you enjoyed this episode with Matt about the education system and getting more kids trained up earlier. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also follow us on social media or watch all of our episodes, including this one on YouTube. And make sure to subscribe. All links are provided in the description of this episode, and that includes to Matt's YouTube and social media as well. And make sure to check him out at Mac Bangswood at all of his socials. Thanks again for tuning in, and we look forward to having you back on our next episode.